over the last 40, 50, 60 years have contributed to the economic destabilization of so many of these countries. I want to see the United States help restabilize what we in too many ways help destabilize. That will include removing the sanctions on Venezuela, removing the sanctions on Cuba, removing Cuba from the terrorist list, obviously, as well. We and have to leave it to there. That, we should be giving far more aid. Thank you. Marion Williamson, 2024 Democratic presidential candidate on the ballot in New Hampshire. I'm Amy Goodman with Juan Gonzalez. Hey, everyone. I'm Shay from Planned Parenthood. Here are some fast facts about abortion. Abortion is really common. Chances are you know someone who's had an abortion. In the United States, about one in four women will have one by the age of 45. Abortion is extremely safe. Abortion is safer than getting your tonsils out or your wisdom teeth pulled. And abortion doesn't increase your risk of cancer, infertility, mental health issues, or any other health problems. The majority of people who get abortions are already parents. 59% of people who have had abortions have had at least one childbirth experience. Most people in the U.S. think abortion should be legal by a wide margin. 80% of Americans want abortion to remain legal, even in states where politicians pass laws against abortion. For more information, visit PlannedParenthood.org. And you are listening to radio station WUSB in Stony Brook, broadcasting at 90.1 FM and 107.3 FM, as well as over the entire Internet at WUSB.FM. The time is 6 o'clock. The day is Tuesday. The show is off the wall.
And a very good evening to everybody. The program is Off the Wall. Emmanuel Goldstein here with you on this Tuesday evening, joined tonight by Kyle. Hello. How you doing? I'm doing. How are you doing? I'm, I'm doing good. You know, if um, if um, all the snow were to disappear, all right, and we went directly into spring, um, I would say this counted as a winter. We did have winter this year. Uh, it would it would be terrible if it ended now because we only had about a week of it, but um, it's better than last year already, and I, I I hope for much more. So, okay, if those keeping score, I got winter this year, but I'm still owed winter from last year, so we still have to go somewhere for winter at some point. Well, it certainly could change, but it is changing on the warmer side. Yeah, unfortunately. So, um, yeah. There will be melt, but it it goes down, uh, especially at nighttime. So uh, you've noticed that the temperature goes down at night. It yeah, it seems to correspond with light. That big bright thing in the sky isn't there, and apparently that has Amazing. something to do. Yeah, we're learning. It's we're learning astounding. so much. Astounding. Um, but um, one thing, uh, you know, just because it's it's March or April, there's still winter in other places. We can go to those places, uh, or even later than that, if you go to the southern hemisphere, it's it's winter in Antarctica in 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 June, I think. So. That's an option. Um, I'll, I'll get my winter. I'll get my winter from last year, one way or another. Um, but tonight, tonight all eyes are on New Hampshire. Why is that, Kyle? Why are all eyes on New Hampshire? What kind of crazy political system do we have where a bunch of people in, in you know, one of the less populated states in this country um, are um, basically playing a major role in deciding who runs for president at least on the Republican side, it's even it's crazy on the Democratic side as well. But um, you know, we just went through this thing in, in, in Iowa last week. We talked about that, and um, uh, Ron DeSantis, not my favorite person by any stretch of the imagination, but he finished second. And you know, everybody knew he was going to finish second. But apparently, he didn't because he dropped out after that, uh, being disappointed at finishing second. Uh, Nikki Haley finished third, and she's still in it, and she's stronger than ever, at least in her mind. Um, I don't get it, because a small percentage of people in Iowa turned out for the caucuses there. So even in one state, only a small percentage of people from a particular party turned out and cast their votes. And based on that, based just on that, people drop out. You know? And by the time it gets to New York, where we are, it's been decided. The candidate has been decided. We get no say in all these people. Why don't we have a system where we all get to vote for all these people? And then, you know, whittle it down from there. Am I, am I crazy? And th- I mean, I know it's tradition. Yeah, I know that's the way we've always done it. But the way we've always done it, that doesn't mean that's the way we always have to do it. Right? Well, there, there's a reason they're referred to it, is it like a bellwether. Right, that you can tell when um, the political winds have changed. That's what is being. That's why it's being covered and looked at the way it has been. So, uh, yeah, there are indicators um, how people are responding to the overall climate in the country and how it affects them. Bottom line, when they think about going and voting next year in this primary process. Next year, this year. Or, or next yeah. fall. Sorry. <laughs> yes, it's coming. In the next year. Sorry, I misspoke. But the New Hampshire one, they have that um, one town where there's like six people that vote. Uh-huh. They all there's voted a, for Nikki that, Haley. That's part of the craziness. They all voted for Nikki Haley at it midnight. It shows you how all of these precincts, these s- smaller places matter in our system and are looked to as uh, litmus for what's ahead. Yeah, but not all of them matter. Only those ones matter. And the thing is, in Iowa, does Iowa really uh, uh, show what the rest of the country will do? You know, if you go to a, a different state with, with actual minorities in the state, uh, you know, they're going to vote differently than Iowa, which is one of the most homogenous states there is. You know, so why is it? Okay, you know, it's a crazy system in and of itself, but it's it's in the same order. Every single time. Iowa always goes first. I mean, it just seems like they get a lot of say, a lot more say than they deserve. And nothing against Iowans. I'm just saying there's 49 other states. You know, how about you give one of those states an opportunity? Imagine if it were California instead, you know, or Washington. The the, the results would be very, very different, I believe. Well, they... 
they vote when they vote. I don't know. I think there has to be um, a schedule, and I guess tradition is what you point to. But it it is something that I don't know is unique about the way we do it, and maybe maybe changing it would have an effect, and you, you would have uh, different outcomes because those states that you suggested would be they would indicate a totally different thing. Mm-hmm. So we are sort of putting bias because of tradition ahead of how people really feel. But you have to put it in perspective and look at the the actual numbers for the campaigns that are quitting or, or take taking um, on in, incumbent dominant candidates like uh, the former president. So, their their numbers, their, what they are comparing and and making their decisions mm-hmm. on is different than our comfort level looking from afar. Yeah, but we're always looking from afar. You know, that's that, that's kind of my my problem here. Um, I mean, look, imagine. Um, uh, let me put this into perspective with, uh, say, football. Okay, imagine every Super Bowl was the New England Patriots versus the, uh, what's another team? Uh, <laughs> well, I, I couldn't say the Jets. That would be ridiculous. Um, um, Dallas Cowboys, okay? That was always the game because it was tradition. You know, would you be getting a, a an accurate assessment of who the best team is? No, you'd be giving the opportunity to the same team every time. I don't know if that holds up, but... I don't think it does. Why not? Well, it, because it's not fair. It doesn't seem fair. Just because like the outcome fair. between two things is in one game is is the outcome versus this is a multitude of individual places voting in one state, over and over again, the same state. They always not even the general. I don't even know we're trying to compare. Well, it's just look, by the time it gets it's, to the general election, it's it's down to two people, and the and the reason it gets down to two people is because of the states that have this this extra pull from the beginning, and it's not even a random selection of states, it's the same states every time. I mean, why wouldn't I move a whole bunch of people to Iowa so that I could have my political way each time, you know? That the, the amount that you can have an influence over an election oh, is I astounding. See. Well, I think it's more like a reverse tournament being held in certain states where those states always benefit, but we tell ourselves that the, that the tournament moves around, but those states are the states yeah, that always benefit. Yeah, I just don't get why you would drop out of a race that you've invested so much in. I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to get Ron DeSantis back into it by any stretch, but I'm just, you know, it's, it's one state, and there's, there's a bunch more to go. You might do very differently there. You know, you, you, you might do better. You might do worse. You don't know because they're in a different place. You know, they're different people. Unless we're saying that Iowa really represents the entire country, and uh, what they say is what everybody else is going to say, but I don't, I don't buy into that. I don't Why, see how that's what, possible. What about the uh, electorate that you're that that is affected by this indicates to you that there's some variability in what they're ultimately going to cast their vote for. I just think people in Iowa have um, uh, different values, different lifestyles than, say, people in New York, um, even, in, in, even in the Republican in Party. In their party. And you think it's so dynamic? I don't think it's so dynamic. I think that's why that, that the indicators and what, especially in those bellwether okay, states, if that were true, then. are turning away if that contenders. if that were true, Kyle, then why okay. not just just limit the election to Iowa? Just have the whole damn thing there. Leave us out of it. Let us go about our lives. No political ads. Well, no spending all this money. Iowa can decide everything for everybody. Are you arguing that? Well, potentially you're arguing maybe that all of the states do their primary in unison. Yes. Yes. Why not? Why not? I don't know how crazy that is. I don't know what the implications or uh, upshot is, but that's a conversation you could probably have. Because that's what it, that's what I'm hearing mm-hmm. in in the critique. Well, you know, not that any one state, just that it's it's done in this particular order, and we pretend like that state has influence, whether it's it actually, does have influence. Well, whether it's actually the real s- sentiment when it when, at the end of it when you come down to general, but it pushes, it narrows the competition, and that's what it's designed to do. The thing is, by the time the election comes around, uh, in, in what, uh, 11 months, 
things could change. You know, the 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 front runner could be a, a, in a, in some kind of a scandal. Well, actually, wait, that's the truth. That's the truth right now, isn't it? Um, and it doesn't make a bit of difference. Something could happen though that would change the landscape. But you've already decided well in advance. No, it's going to be this one person against this other person. And here's here's the interesting thing. Tonight, if Trump does really well in New Hampshire and Nikki Haley drops out, which I don't think she should do, but she might, then what's the point of having any other primaries? Because Trump is the only person left, and we know Biden is the only person in the Democratic Party. So why not just skip ahead to the convention? And I don't even see the reason for that. <laughs> we should just skip ahead to the election, because that's what it's going to be. It seems like just wasting all this time, all this money, all this effort on, on ceremony. Okay. Now I'm listening. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad I got because you. you've really you've really hit where I am, and I think a lot of listeners and a lot of voters are with this whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's feeling like a charade. Oh, you get that? Yes. It's a little um, eerie. <laughs> eerie is the word I would use, but. Um, because this is the way, this is the normal process, but we're pretending like it's like it's um, sort of fair. Or it's like like there's any kind of uncertainty about what we're going to end up doing uh-huh. next November this year. Right, right. You know, the thing is, a lot of this has to do with with uh, huge amounts of money being wasted and and commercials and and all sorts of other you know things that are done every every year um but i just think if if um if people were able to stay in the race until election day you'd have some definite different outcomes more interesting outcomes more unpredictable outcomes so you know if if tonight goes trump's way and a lot of people are saying it will uh and and nikki haley says yeah there's no path for victory to you know for me um, in some stilted pre-recorded then it's it's pretty much you know decided what what the uh November lineup is going to be it's going to be Trump versus Biden period how do you get around that and then the the like full on uh binary mm-hmm. for that long i guess is what you're saying will be spun up it will be attacks and polarization like like we're, we've been predicting for many, many months. Look, if, if it went up to the convention, all right, at least it went up to the convention and all of the candidates stayed in, and I think they should be required to stay in. Yeah, if, if, you're, if you're running for president, it should be illegal for you to, jump, to, to, to uh, drop out of the race. There have been jokes about you that. You should go to prison. No, I, why not? I mean, come on, Trump gets away with it. I can say crazy things. Look, if you drop out, it's, it's called fraud, okay? You're wasting our time. You said you were going to do something. You didn't do it. You ran out of money. Boo-hoo. Okay, you know, keep campaigning anyway. Uh, and, 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 okay, uh, you make it all the way to the convention, and that's where the decisions are made. That's where everybody counts up the, uh, the delegate vote. And, um, you know, you don't drop out after, after the first caucus, after the first primary. No, that's, that's just wrong. But we could have a situation after tonight where that's exactly what's, what's happened. And um, it just it makes everything that comes after tonight completely meaningless. It, but it's still going to happen. They're still going to, you know, run their campaign ads. They're still going to waste a lot of time, a lot of money. You know, you could be building high-speed rail with that money. That's true. You could be. I certainly help people that they they stay engaged, they stay um, watching and uh, talking about the stuff and uh-huh. reporting on it and be and and just be aware of of how this plays out and what what kinds of things are are being said and 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 that that is so crucial because this is the kind of stuff that pe- makes people want to kind of not participate, just be fed up, be kind of upset at it and. Um, it really takes a close following and the kind of, well, I guess a little sense of humor because it, it is very odd uh, in in this period, but it, in it overall, like the way the system works is, is peculiar. So well, it, you know, no other country does it like this. Other countries, have, they call elections, they have the elections pretty quickly after they call them, and you have all these coalitions, you have different parties, and you don't really know how it's going to go. And sometimes it goes badly. Like in Europe now, a lot of uh, you know, ultra right-wing uh, uh, parties are, are gaining power. But that's waking up people on the left. And I, I think eventually they will get the power back. Um, but here it goes on, stretches for years. And we just have these you know, bizarre systems. And even on Election Day, 
you know, for for the presidency, it, the popular vote doesn't matter. It's 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 uh, you know electors, uh, the electoral college, that nonsense. So um, you know, it's not really one person, one vote. It's not really majority rules. It's all kinds of uh, you know asterisks and exceptions. But it's really not if you believe that and decide not to participate. Exactly. Yes. So uh, you know, when when your day comes. Uh, and my day won't come until November. You know, I'm not a member of a party, so I can't vote in any primary because that's how it is in New York State. You know, by that point, there's, the, the decision's pretty much been made. Uh, you know, one of two people, not not one of twenty. To credit your thought about um, the way the different locales end up, um, there are people that move in the interim here, so there there could be changes in the populace, changes in the way those uh, precincts are mapped, and, well, and that's what I'm some saying. of that might actually have an effect as as the national election if emerges. We, if we got, you know, say a million people, I'm I'm, think, I'm, I'm starting small, uh, a million people to move from New York to Iowa, well, you know, just you know for for a year, and then vote in the primary, then all move back. You know, you rent out your house, and, and hopefully somebody you trust, and, and they will let you back in, and all that kind of thing. Uh, that you could have you know, an undue sway in who the candidate will be. And, you know, okay, that's our system. All right. You know, whatever. Just trying to understand it. Just trying to... And here's something else I don't understand. And I will readily admit that I don't get a lot of this. I am not an expert. I know there are people who are, who can probably tell me what I'm getting wrong. But, um, you know, it just doesn't seem to make sense to me from from the outset. But, um, you know, there's the the primary tonight in New Hampshire is not just a Republican primary. It's also a Democratic primary. Yes, the Democratic Party, that other party. Um, and guess who is not on the ballot? Joe Biden is not on the ballot. <laughs> the president is not on the ballot in, in, in New Hampshire. Isn't that weird? I mean, I think that's, uh, you know, <laughs> that's one of the weirdest things I've heard in, in, in quite a long time. Um, so basically... Biden seems to have some of the same concerns that I have. Why is Iowa always first? He wanted South Carolina to be first. South Carolina, with its, you know, um, uh, large African-American population, um, would, would definitely have a different outcome than Iowa. Now, New Hampshire took umbrage at this, and um, they, they fought back, and part of their fighting back was to remove his name, well, not remove his name from from the um, uh, from the ballot so much as refuse to go after South Carolina. So <laughs> they're having their primary tonight. I'm not. I don't know how this all works, where both parties have the primary on the same night. But New Hampshire is supposed to come after South Carolina, but um, instead uh, they've fought back, uh, and um, as a result of that. Uh, Biden did not submit his name to the New Hampshire um, primary people or, or the party in New Hampshire, uh, and um, the primary is going on without him. Yeah, it's weird. All this effort to get Trump off of ballots has to go to the Supreme Court, but you know, all it takes is a disagreement as to when the primary should be, and Biden is immediately kicked off. <laughs> it's, it's it's just so weird. But oh, anyway, dirty tricks. There, is on. Well, it's there on. is a write-in campaign uh, for for Biden, but does it even matter? Because if if New Hampshire votes Republican, all the votes go for the Republican Party in November, so it doesn't even matter. I don't understand why South Carolina is so important, because South Carolina traditionally goes Republican. So yeah, you might you might get uh, all kinds of endorsements from South Carolina, but. Um, when it comes down to it, you get zero votes from South Carolina in in November. So I don't understand how that is so uh, so so vital to a, a campaign. So anyway, uh, tonight there is a, a big write-in campaign for um, uh, for Joe Biden, um, and apparently people are very enthusiastic about it. I'm looking at this article from the New York Times. If no backing or communication from the Democratic National Committee or Mr. Biden's campaign headquarters in Delaware. These New Hampshire Democrats, who began the write-in Biden campaign late last year, now expect to help deliver the president an overwhelming victory. <laughs> so they're, they're more enthused than ever somehow. Uh, they say there's a lot going on here to support Joe Biden. We've been able to build some energy and excitement and support for him and uh, that we're not seeing anywhere else in the country. 
Um, and again, as, as mentioned, uh, Biden did not submit his name for the primary ballot after New Hampshire refused to comply with the Democratic National Committee's new calendar, which made South Carolina the first presidential nominating state. So um, there are other Democrats running challenges to Biden. Uh, they're trying to capitalize, including uh, who we just heard on the previous program, uh, Marianne Williamson, also Representative Dean Phillips of Minnesota, 19 other Democrats on New Hampshire's expansive primary ballot. Um, so, yeah, um, it's, uh, basically, um, um, Biden's campaign has declined to comment on the state's primary election. It's so bizarre. It's a primary and they're not participating. Uh, in an interview Friday in South Carolina, Jamie Harrison, who is the DNC chairman, dismissed New Hampshire's contest as irrelevant and pleaded ignorance about the write-in Biden effort. Our first in the nation primary is here in South Carolina. And that's what I'm focused on. So I'm not sure or aware what they're doing in New Hampshire. How is this a presidential campaign where you're not even paying attention to certain states that are supposedly key? And there's a disagreement as to who goes when. If we can't even agree on, on when to have primaries, that doesn't say much for um, you know cohesion of the party, right? Well, I think it just speaks to the, the, the climate and the sense of... Um uh, tension. I mean, there is a lot that has been messed with. If you look at, like, I was talking about being engaged and participating, but there's also, like, power and and um, a, a lot to having a sense of distance and detachment from it. And if you look at the campaigns and and and, um, and you, you look at the way they're run and just just evaluating the amount of of stuff that, that's based on tension, um, I mean, you can kind of appreciate how much is is, is manufactured, and I, I don't. That's actually not the point of 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 what this all is. I mean, like this is, should be about legislation, and um, it should be a much drier, less theatrical. But this is what we're faced with, and. Uh, so anyway, I I just think that that that's a important aspect of it that there's like there's like a lot of manufactured tension and um mm -hmm. uh, no it seems that way it definitely seems that way uh, but um that is some of the drama that you can count on um tonight I guess what do you think about uh, Nikki Haley's campaign so far? Oh, I don't know. I'm kind of, yeah, detached. <laughs> it's fun. I, I, I think there's a lot of gaps. Like looking back, we're gonna look at this and be like, "Wow, there's some, some really inept stuff." Um, but a lot of it is being sensationalized because she's being targeted, and they're really coming. They're really at each other's throats, and and so it. I, I don't know. It's fascinating, but I'm I'm, I'm kind of um, be, be beleaguered. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we're all. We're I think all the electorate beleaguered. is, and like so, getting wrapped up in manufactured um, is really really stressful. It's a stressful thing to like care about. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I hope something. I I I guess we'll just get on with this and um, hopefully end up a better country, at least an understanding what it takes and what kind of expectations we should have of our political anti-heroes or whatever kind of um, uh, campaign we want to get behind. And that's all like the best side effect of all of this is people just learning about the whole thing. I guess that's my contribution, uh -huh. what we do here. And I don't know, it'll, it'll be a wild ride. I, I don't really want, I don't, I'm not really putting that much into it. My, like personally, well, why should you? It's, it's so far from when you have any say. Exactly. Right. So like even observing it, it's just like, I, I've actually taken to not really watching a lot mm -hmm. of any of it. I like kind of 
surface for air a little bit, or surface for um, a, a snippet of what's going on, and then just like complete, like keep things off. Yeah, and I found that that's like that. allow me to sample at my own rate and uh, and actually live my life mm-hmm. <laughs> versus being wrapped up in all the. Boulder Dash. Yeah, and that, that is a word we can use on the radio. Uh, by the way, I, I need to issue uh, somewhat a correction. Uh, I, I mistakenly said that New Hampshire um, uh, uh, voted Republican. Actually, last election, they, they voted pretty um, um, uh, emphatically for Biden over Trump. I think it was uh, 52% to 45%. Is that what I'm looking at here? Um, so that's, you know, that's a trouncing. And uh, there were four electoral votes at play there, four electoral votes. And that's my point, is that, okay, you know, why have such a significant primary in a state that only carries four electoral votes? Now, if, you know, you took my advice and went with California instead, there's 54 electoral votes at play there. So that's a more significant state. If you win that state, then that is more of an indication of how the rest of the country might go, because there are so many more people represented. So, um, yeah, that's that's something that I think we should um, we should examine. Yeah, but I mean, I I guess my point is that there's a lot of tampering mm-hmm. with just procedure stuff. And if you look at uh, Trump's entanglements, he's all about procedure. It's like, let's mess with the courts, mess with p- procedure and the institutions are the problem and all of that. So, like, that, there's issues with redistricting or issues with which order or what to do when or who has control. It's power, power, power everywhere right. you turn. Right. So... That's what I mean with, like, getting wrapped up in it. I mean, it's just, it's, like, just um, full-on, full contact, it feels like. Um, And so, yeah, I don't know. Do I want to get invested in deathmatch? I I don't know. Well, it's... um... Because both sides are out for ever. They're, like... This is this is an existential like do or die moment. Right. Either side, which side am I even talking about? You don't know because they're both they both want the stakes to feel that high. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I think people have been through so much. They want to just like have fundamental things um, that function. And I think it's really about what affects people. Like there's things right now that I, like I was talking um, to friends and family about this, like drug prices, things like that are like, those are things we agree with. We're like, we just are, are pleased to see some kind of agreement and, and um, actual function for, for what um, voters have, put into legislation as far as coverage, as far as um, medical, like, it's not perfect, but uh, when I talk to people about not politics, it's invariably about something that was affected by politics, but common ground is found, and, like, I can actually commiserate or share what's worked with people that I might not agree with otherwise. Mm -hmm. So that's, like, political, but... It's also day to day, and I think that has to be like what we filter from this political noisiness. One thing that I really um, have an issue with is when people drop out of this race, they immediately endorse Trump. I'm talking about Republicans, obviously. So that's what DeSantis did. Yeah, he wasn't really criticizing Trump all that much, but he did criticize him. He said he should be here on the on the uh, on the debate stage, but immediately, as soon as he drops out, he endorses Trump. So that tells you, you know, where he was standing really um, didn't mean a whole lot. Now, Nikki Haley has been a lot more outspoken in her criticism. Do you think if and when she drops out, which could be as soon as tonight or it could be well down the road, which is what I hope for, do you think she is going to endorse Trump? Or do you think she is going to um, uh, just remain silent? I don't think she's going to endorse anyone on the Democratic side. Uh, but I think, you know, if she really believes in the things she is saying you know, endorsing Trump would be the biggest hypocritical step. I would forever tarnish anything that she says. Yeah, that would boil down to, like, future aspirations. Like, even DeSantis being for Trump is like, 
a gamble a little bit on him being a- being able to like endorse or be kingmaker after what we what they might presume is four years back in the you know mm-hmm. back in power or I guess in, in a lifetime <laughs> enthronement uh, or whatever his his aspirations are. So for for Nikki Haley or for other potential uh, presidential um, uh, winners in the, in down the road eight years whatever however long it's it's about um, their aspirations long term because well what what actually occurs does it matter if they support him does that pit them as a loser in in a future race about like how they're characterized and integrity like you're saying it does it matter even in in their party or in the future that they hope to have politically right well um tonight will be uh, interesting because um like you mentioned the the uh, the town that votes at midnight with its six people Another silly tradition. Um, all like all six people voted for Nikki Haley, and uh, you, said you know, if, if if we basically if we relied on them, <laughs> rely on those six people to carry the entire state of New Hampshire, uh, and um, you know, if, if if that were the case, then Nikki Haley would be overwhelmingly the winner. Uh, but of course, we don't do that because that would be silly, and uh, I think relying on New Hampshire, you know, primarily is also silly. Whatever, whatever. It's it, it's all. Crazy. It's gamesmanship, right? In the end, though, it's a very serious choice between going down a very dark road, and we know what the road is like. You know, Trump is not a new candidate like he was in 2016. He is a proven candidate. He is somebody that we know will do certain things and will act in a certain way. And I think even Republicans realize this, even those that um, uh, were with other candidates um, will see the danger that lies ahead if uh, he is he is brought back in. Either they'll stay home or they'll they'll cross party lines. Not the worst thing in the world. But um, you know, to say Biden is a communist, which is what Republicans have taken to doing, uh, that is just so absurd and crazy and um, um, uh, ridiculous. Because um, you know, if you know anything about left versus right, you will know that Biden is very close to the center. You know, it, it, he, he's somebody that those of us who are on the left. Um, um, uh, basically felt like we had to hold our noses and, and, and put the guy in power that was you know, most capable of defeating Trump in, in, in 2020. You know, vote for that guy rather than the person that we really want who has no chance of beating the person that unfortunately has so much popularity behind him. And, you know, we have to look at that. We have to look at this country and ask ourselves, why is is someone who embraces fascism as Trump has done? You know, he's, he's, he's praising Viktor Orban. He's praising um, uh, hardline leaders that rely on terror and 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 thwarting democracy throughout the planet. These are the people that he praises. He praises Putin. He pra- he praises Kim Jong Un of all people. You know, why do we have so many people in our country who support somebody? Who embraces that kind of thing and who has promised to bring it here? <laughs> you know, that is not going to go away no matter who wins. And we have to ask ourselves, what is what is going on with our people? You know, that I think that's where the, the real issue is. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot of history and, and a lot of, um, I think, well-founded theories about why that might be and what courses through the veins of our uh, political and social infrastructure and and who we are what the point of this whole thing is uh is i think a deep a deep um uh introspection that this country hasn't totally um set aside time for and we really um i think mostly don't understand what that type of political leadership looks like and are are terribly naive but, but we had, i would say we had the, it once already the, the praise the political praise that that you're talking about um that is that is uh that is something that that is equally and i'm willing to bet um more than than the the minority hopefully that you're talking about um is equally insulted 
by uh, his very candidacy. Um, like those are the reasons people cite mm-hmm. when they're talking about their disgust with with a uh, criminal being posed as uh, a leader, feigned leader, mm-hmm. right? Like, um, yeah, and maybe those are a lot of Democrats, but they have a say too in this country for now. Yeah, it's 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 just troubling though to realize that there. I mean, you know, four. Oh, it's years, pathetic. Well, eight years ago, actually, when when this whole charade was beginning, um, we on 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 this show were wondering who all the, the Trump supporters are. We didn't know anybody who was a Trump supporter. They were all hiding. They're not hiding anymore. They're everywhere, and they're 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 you know unashamedly saying these horrible things, horrible things about you know minorities, trans people. Um, uh, you know, the list goes on and on. And, um, you know, it, it has not diminished in, in, in ways that uh, we assume they, that it would diminish. Oh, no, it's like fully and completely escalated. And it has a lot of people really, really tense, unnerved mm-hmm. and preparing, preparing for the the promised outcome from his supporters, which is either the refusal or the um, dismantling once uh, whether he's elected or not mm-hmm. officially in this quaint process. But that's that's what I don't understand. And we're apparently not bothered by that, at least enough to be in the streets. Because, yeah, because life under Biden is, is not so bad for those people who are on the right as well. You know, um, it, it's the, the, the economy is doing OK. It's not doing great, but it's certainly, you know, uh, not a disaster like it was in, uh, in, in, in 2008 and, and so many other years that I could point to. Um, so you could do a lot worse. So the, the passion against somebody like Biden calling him communist and all these other ridiculous um, um, uh, names, I, I just don't get it. It's like people being fired up. But, you know, there's there's. Not enough oxygen to keep the fire going. As far, at least I hope not. You know, you heard about the um, uh, Supreme Court ruling yesterday. This is just a, a kind of interesting side note here. Um, this has to do with the um, the razor wire in Texas. By a five to four vote, the Supreme Court basically said the federal government does indeed have the right to remove razor wire on the border wall that was placed by Texas law enforcement. Uh, the... Um, um, federal government argued the wire illegally prevented them from managing the border, regardless of what you think about how the federal government is doing that. Um, the Supreme Court agreed by a five to four vote. So that's that. You know, the Supreme Court weighed in. And, you know, we've had the Supreme Court rule in, in, in negative ways, like, you know, Roe versus Wade and uh, a, a bunch of others. And when that happens, you know, basically... Democrats, people left of center, they accept it. They move on. They figure out ways to fight back. Apparently, it doesn't work for Republicans, though, because, um, well, here's a guy. You might have heard of this guy, uh, Representative Chip Roy of Texas. Uh, uh, he, yeah. he, um, he's saying that uh, Texas officials should ignore the Supreme Court ruling. <laughs> no, just, just disregard it and continue, continue to do what they said is illegal. So, okay, I'm confused here. So when the Supreme Court rules against something that I believe in, I got to suck it up and just say, well, that's the way it goes. That's, you know, I'm in the minority now. When it happens to Republicans, they have the option of saying, we're just going to ignore it. And we're just going to keep putting razor wire up anywhere. And uh, here's a big middle finger to the Supreme Court. You know, yesterday I was seeing all kinds of statements about, well, it's time for Texas to secede. You know, something I have not <laughs> closed the book on. You guys really want to secede, then, uh, you know, be my guest, and uh, you'd be a nice uh, little uh, blob of land down there. Um, but whatever. It's just, it, it, it's nuts to see how how different people react differently to losing. We know how Trump reacts to losing. But it seems the entire Republican Party just will not accept either popular votes or Supreme Court decisions or any other um, uh, decisive force that rules that you're wrong on this. They just won't, they won't accept it. They'll continue doing what they do anyway. Try and stop them is what they're saying. 
If Texas secedes, do they blow up the pipelines or does everyone else? I don't know. I'm not really sure. Okay. I'll I'll check. I'll find out. It's a big state. It's a big state. I'll say that. But um, yeah, we could we could get along. You know, we, we we'll, we'll survive. Well, we don't need them. Yeah, I good riddance. But sure. Um, <laughs> but one thing we don't, you know, no matter what you think, bluster. No matter bluster. what you think about immigration, we don't need razor wire on the border. <laughs> I mean, why now? Why is it worse now than it was in the past? Uh, why do we need to hurt people who are trying to get into this country, you know, to uh, uh, basically get refuge from, from injustice or persecution, which is their right? You know, wh- why, why all of a sudden is it this kind of a crisis where we have to do barbaric things like that? If even the Supreme Court and its current makeup can see that that's wrong, then maybe you need to take a good look at, at what it is you are, you're standing up for. And, you know, except when you lose. Well, this, Boy. this is like, it's uh, sort of like thuggery, I think. A political uh, uh, scoff laws. And, I mean, this is the law and order party, right? And I think that the hypocrisy runneth over. People can't stand this anymore. Mm-hmm. And you just, you really erode your own th- authority after so much um, uh, just disingenuous speech. And why should people respect you? I mean, your your laws, your your authority is to only apply when um, when you're exercising it against others. I mean, you just basically disintegrate the very society you're trying to lead. And I, I find that a very, very cowardly form of leadership. Right. And it, I just don't respect it. And you, you, you basically, um, you basically invite the same kind of behavior for all kinds of laws. And I, I for a, a process in a country that has that, why, why give it up? Because, um, you're unhappy with the overall tenor or direction, or that you have some short-sighted uh, st- strategy right. that you're willing to sacrifice the entirety of actual laws and process. And um, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of self-centered behavior from politicians like that. You know, if if Texas does um, just ignore the Supreme Court ruling and continue to do this, they need to feel the pain. They need to, I mean, uh, you know, imagine uh, since, since Roe versus Wade was overturned, if, um, if, if abortions just continued as if that didn't happen, do you think Texas would say, oh boy, that's, uh, that's unfortunate, that shouldn't be happening, but there's nothing we can do? No, they would go after doctors, they would go after the, the women getting abortions, they would do all kinds of horrible things. We recognize that, we realize that, we see the pain, we see, uh, you know, how, how this is completely uh, unjustified. But we recognize it as reality. It's an unfortunate reality, but it is happening. So if they turn around and they say, well, we're just going to continue doing this, which has been ruled to be unconstitutional by the Supreme Court, um, it, it seems like the federal government has all kinds of power to make them pay for disregarding the law of the land. And I don't think they should be afraid to enforce that, whether it's imprisoning people who do this uh, whether it's moving in militarily and stopping them from doing this, oh, yeah. you know, play hardball. That's the only thing they understand. All right. Yeah, I think the skullduggery is like it's it's um, fair play, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, and and fully. Yeah, I mean, be prepared to to um, wield that and and exact exact at that cost and then enforce. Absolutely. Yeah. It's weird. You know, in, in a sense, I don't recognize a lot of our country. I don't recognize a lot of things that uh, have been going on, uh, where we're heading. Uh, you know, thinking back in the past, imagine if, um, you know, there was um, uh, Nazi enclaves in the United States. You know, that's unthinkable. Mm. Except it actually happened. It actually happened. And if you turn on Channel 13 tonight at 9 o'clock, 
you can see a film called Nazi Town USA, all about Yapank, Yapank, right here in Suffolk County. Yeah, <laughs> didn't know about that, did you? There was a, um, uh, a, a youth camp known as uh, Camp Sigfield in Yapank uh, back in uh, the late 1930s. Um, a fascist organization uh, headed by one Fritz Kuhn. Uh, there are dozens of camps like this uh, throughout the nation. And uh, this is a documentary about that. Nazi Town USA, part of uh, American experience. Um, they had... Um, a rally in Madison Square Garden, 20,000 people showed up in 1939. German-American Bund rally, Madison Square Garden. They weren't hiding either. They weren't, this was, this was real. Uh, now, Camp Siegfried out in Yapank was the largest of these uh, camps. It was very well documented. Uh, they were quite serious and organized, close to New York City, uh, which was the national headquarters of the Bund. And, uh, of course, you also had the media. Um, so, um, yeah, this is something to really um, educate yourself about, that this happened, and things like this can happen. We're not immune from this. Fortunately, it didn't, uh, it didn't catch on as much as it could have. Doesn't mean we can't make these mistakes again. Well, and certainly, like, look at the ways these, these become ingrained and instituted. And in, yeah, home sweet friggin' home, USA, wherever that may be, and look for the signs, symbols, the coding of how this this uh, continues in various ways. I think that there are so many lessons. I, I'm going to probably uh, catch some of this, and I guess let's not lie to ourselves about our own history, about these, these uh, activities, what they meant, mm -hmm. and the ways they're perpetuated, and and like just I, I I just think refuse to um to shut our eyes to it and 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 tell ourselves that we are something that we might not actually not be uh we we've really um we've come a long ways but some of this stuff is is festering and it is it is amplified with technology in ways I don't think we ever could have predicted and it's sort of um immortalized in that way. Um, but close studies like this in media, I think, just at least build perspective on um, the sort of insidious um, um, fascination with this that is, is um, I think, is out there, and um, we've just really got to uh, shine light on it and um, have healthy, healthy uh, conversations and um perspectives that we can teach and share. Uh, so I, I think this will maybe unearth some things that people maybe didn't realize and, and, uh, and hopefully they'll um, take it to heart. Yeah. You know, I, I think it's important to um, uh, strive to be a particular thing, strive to be a nation with, with certain values. Uh, but you can't pretend that we have always been that because we have not. And there are all kinds of examples of, um, of failures, and we need to understand that. Hey, you know, if, if Germany can do this, and they do a pretty good job of educating their kids about their, their unpleasant past, um, then I think we can do it as well, despite the Ron DeSantis's and the Trumps of the world, and even the Nikki Haley's who can't seem to understand history. Um, you know, we need to totally, totally go into the dark parts of our history and understand how... Uh, we've gotten better, and how we must continue to get better in the future. Yes, acknowledge that we've gotten better, because it's certainly you know, not as bad as it was, but it's still bad enough where we have a lot of work to do. Well, and there, there's so much work in, rep in, in preventing sort of things repeating, and part of that is the knowledge and, and wisdom gained from, from that very history. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, we want to avoid, the, avoid that and... Um, really honor <laughs> honor what what potential we have, and you know, ask yourself, you know, the current players, you know, particularly the the, the Trumps of the world and all his ilk, uh, where would they fit in back in 1939 in this country? Where, would they be at that rally? And I, I dare say they probably would be. They yeah. probably would be be cheering them on. 
Well, and think about it. I mean, the the kinds of powers that they're referencing study this stuff and laud it and, um, you know, take cues from it. So we must understand it ourselves. And that way we'll, I think, be better suited in recognizing such patterns of behavior and repetition and things that are referential and um, inside language and um, uh, otherwise would go um, undetected. Yeah. Definitely. <sighs> okay, well, you know, we're going to keep an eye on um, New Hampshire tonight, see what happens, just kind of out of curiosity. Uh, and, um, you know, um, how people act, uh, what they say, what their uh, um, decisions are, tells a lot. You know, it's, it's never, it never plays out the same way uh, over history. There's always variations, but the, 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 the general ingredients are similar. So um, that's something to recognize. That's why it's important to look back on history and understand that as well. Um, what do you think of, of, of Trump mixing up Nikki Haley and Nancy Pelosi? I mean, this, okay, people are obsessed with pointing out everything that Biden does that indicates that he's old. And yeah, the guy's in his 80s. He's old. He's going to do old person things. But, you know, apart from an occasional flub or, um, uh, you know, forgetting who is... Uh, in the room at, at a particular point in time, was this person here or not? You know, the things that I do right now. This is Trump basically giving a speech where he spends several minutes berating Nikki Haley for her actions on January 6th at the Capitol when she was nowhere near the Capitol, had no business being at the Capitol. Obviously, he's talking about Nancy Pelosi, but, but in that, it's not just simply saying the wrong name. You know, which we've all done. You know, we, we meant to say Jack and we said Joe. Sorry, you know, my mistake. But he is giving an entire speech about how she failed on January 6th because he actually believes that is who she is. And that is, that is more than just a temporary flub. That is delusion. I mean, does he even know who he's running against? Does he even know the difference between Nancy Pelosi and Nikki Haley, I mean that's serious. If Biden were to do that, he'd be he'd be out right now. He would be eliminated from the race. There would be some kind of an intervention. With Trump, it's just it's an amusing anecdote, but I don't see the same kind of scrutiny, and that really bothers me because that's serious. That tells you something about his command of reality around him, and you want that guy in charge of the nuclear football and 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 all the decisions that go with. Being the the uh, the leader of the free world, I don't I don't think that's wise at all. Right, like mistaking which country he's really mad at. Can uh, you imagine he's going to mix up Iran and Iraq and yeah. uh, all kinds of other countries as well? Yeah, that's messy. Uh, well, no, that's American lives stained on this planet. I mean, in this day and age, where every country is lobbing missiles at at, at other countries, I mean, Iran threw a missile into Pakistan, and Pakistan did the same thing back to Iran. I thought they were they were friends, uh, but no. Apparently, you know, everybody, the Houthi rebels and uh, Israel and 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 Hamas and Hezbollah. It's just out of control. Everybody is getting it out of their system right now. And having somebody like Trump uh, weighing in on that and getting all the names wrong, oh, boy, you are asking for trouble. You are asking for a disaster. And I know a lot of people are fascinated by, yeah, what would happen? I was one of those people back in, in, in 2016. You know, I, I, I don't want Trump to win, but I'm kind of curious. What would happen if he did? You know, um, now I know what will happen if he wins, so I intend to do everything I can to prevent that from happening, and I really believe you should as well. Uh, he has telegraphed who he is, we've seen who he is, and it doesn't matter uh, the failings of anyone who is running against him. The fact is they are not him, and that's a good start. I guess we have to leave it there. Boy, time has flown. But um, write to us, otw at 2600.com, and um, tell us your thoughts and feelings. We welcome people who disagree with us, which is always a healthy thing. Yes. Uh, I am also noticing that time has elapsed. Hasn't it, though? Well, keep listening to um, WUSB, and uh, check out that uh, Nazi Town uh, documentary on PBS. Just look for American Experience in your town. And um, we'll see you next week.
拔腰。哎哎，乖乖，就不把爱情让我们死，不要我个妈鸡穷，你你没谁，你为鸡我，别管什么嘛，我个妈鸡穷，好，哎呀哎呀，哦喂哦喂。哎呀哎呀，哦喂哦喂，哎呀哎呀，哦喂哦喂，哎呀哎呀，哦喂哦喂，哎，乖乖，吉布巴，哎，谁让我们死？我不要，我个妈鸡穷，你你莫谁，你为鸡我，阿别怪什么妈，我个妈鸡穷，哦，哎呀哎呀，哦喂哦喂，哎呀哎呀，哦喂哦喂，哎呀哎呀，哦喂哦喂。哎呀哎呀，哦喂哦喂，哎，乖乖，吉布巴，哎，谁让我死？我不要，我个马吉顿，你你莫谁，你个维吉娃，阿别管什么嘛，我个马吉顿。哦，哎呀哎呀，哦喂哦喂，哎呀哎呀，哦喂哦喂，哎呀哎呀，哦喂哦喂，哎呀